0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Words of Wisdom Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Breanne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring words, voice, language, and freedom to your world. It's Wednesday, so let's wise up, and let's talk about change, okay? Like, yes, let's talk about change, because there's a lot of change happening. In the world, there's a lot of change uh, happening in society, in um, our celebrities as far as their personal beliefs. Our athletes, if you don't know, um, the NCAA just passed a law allowing athletes, college athletes, to make money and profit off of their image and their likeness. There's a lot of change happening in the uh, In the kingdom, in the body of Christ, there are lots of changes going on in a lot of different places. So you know me, let's talk about what I mean by change. Because when I say the word change, you may be thinking about the coins in your cup holder in your car, or you may have, you know, some other mental image in your mind when I say the word change. So let's just get on one accord concerning what change means to me or what definition and how I'm operating when I talk about the word change. When I say the word change, I'm talking about to make or become different. I think that's the simplest um, definition that we can all agree on. And I think it philosophically covers a lot of different varieties of change, to simply make or become different. So when you're talking about change and things that need to change, things that you want to change, you first have to decide why to change. I remember... um, his name is Pastor Jermaine Weed, and he's based out of Tarunza, Arkansas. And I was listening to him speak, and he says something that really changed my life. I, I've never forgot it. But he, his formula for change is that until you get mad, until you get offended, then you change. But before, if you're not mad about it, if you're not offended about it, you won't change. So until you're mad until you, and then you get offended, you won't make something or become different. And I held on to this formula for a very long time because I agreed with it. Until people get, I agree with it to a different degree in, in the sense that until people get fiery passionate about something, until it gets downright deep in their bones, they won't change. I, I shared a meme, uh, I believe it was yesterday, before, before yesterday that said essentially like we are the sum of our daily habits and you won't make a change until you recognize that your weight um your 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 ability to see yourself those things are what am I those are attributes of your daily habits and if you don't change the course of those things you will continue to get the same outcome that you've been getting from them so again to make or become different constitutes change and his formula to to driving that was anger. If you're not, if you not angry about something, if you aren't downright offended, then you'll change. You'll be mad at your job all day long or things on your job will bug you all day long. But until they make you angry because they cut your check, because they said you were texting on the clock, until they offend you by coming for you know your family or your beliefs or something deep down that you truly value, you won't change it. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, man, that's so powerful and it's so true. So I don't know, like, What's your change formula? Like, what makes you change? Like, why do you feel you should change? I I believe there's a couple of different reasons why we should change. The number one reason why we should change is we need to be operable and functional in a technological world. We are five years, five to 10 years behind technological advancements. So if for no other reason, you should change and adapt and grow because the world is changing and adapting and growing. Things are not the same. I get really sick of people saying, I don't get sick of people. I get really agitated with the old adjectives of, well, this is the way we've always done it. And I just simply want to tell these people that are older than me that like, It is not the same way as you did it. We don't live in the same world as you did it. We don't have the same type of minds toward technology, toward business, toward society, toward a lot of different things, toward politics. So the way that you used to do things does not constitute the way that they should be and continually be done. Um I know a lot of people know about the quote that says you know if you don't if you don't know your history you'll repeat your history and what they're really saying is if you don't know any different to change then you repeat the same patterns and you'll continue in the same cycles and mistakes and it's so true because change requires us to know what we've been doing. And I think that's the number one thing, the number one reason of why we should change, because just because we've been doing something one way does not mean that that one way or that set of ways or that systematic way of doing something works. Furthermore, you have to be very self-observant and evaluative of the things that are going on so that you know how to change. Maybe you don't need to change the whole system. Maybe you don't need to change every single part, but there are avenues and aspects that need change. And so this is one of my jobs as an instructional designer. It is my job to come in and, and do an assessment, do an evaluation. Um, it's called, the, the technical term It's called a front-end analysis and to assess and give you a predetermination of what needs to change. And not only what needs to change, but, assess how it should be changed and what avenue or methods or strategies can be implemented so that there is effective change and you can see measurable outcomes on the changes that were made. So a lot of times, if we could apply this to our lives, I think a lot of times we don't see it all the way through right like we don't say okay this is exactly what needs to be changed this is exactly how it needs to be changed and this is what i'm going to do and these are the outcomes i'm looking for sometimes we have to make like life overhaul changing changes excuse me meaning that you know like there's a drug addict they might Quit all of a sudden. They they're not gonna wait. Okay, well I'm gonna go from smoking, you know, three packs of cigarettes today to two packs. Like they're like, no, I need to quit all of a sudden. And I'm not here to let you know if that's a bad a bad change or a good change because the degree to which you want to change is solely up to you. But sometimes when you make those brash and hard cut changes, you you get the outcome of that. So maybe your body reacts in a certain way. Maybe your friends who are around you are weren't ready for you to make that decision and, and weren't involved in decision-making process. So they're shocked and they don't know how to deal with the quote unquote new you. And so, um, changes like that, they, they, it, they have larger impact because, you know, if you just quit cold Turkey, then, then it'll help you in your health. It'll expedite, you know, and accelerate years for your life because you were doing something at one point and then you just automatically stop. So again, you know, Whatever the change needs to be in your life, you need to give yourself a reason why you should change. And the reason why I say you need to give yourself a reason to change is because you're going to need something to hold on to. You're going to need a purpose and something to anchor yourself for when you change. Because if you just decide to change for whatever reason, it may not be a strong enough anchor or a strong enough reason for you to sustain the change. Like perhaps, you know, if you say, oh, well, I'm just going to quit smoking because my kids want me to, or because I'm getting older older, well if you add five years to your life, ten years to your life, that's not a long enough sustainable change to, to keep the the cigarettes out of your mouth. Furthermore you might need to decide why you do the thing that you do, because maybe the reason why you do the thing that you do has changed. You don't no longer, you no longer need the thing in your life that suffices in that area. Here's another example. Um, I, I talk to college kids all the time who are just in college for reasons that <laughs> blow my mind. They're in college because mom and daddy said go to college. They're in college because they wanted to party. Side note, if I have any college students, or any high school students listening, you don't actually have to enroll in school and collect debt to party. You literally can just have some friends who go to college and they can tell you where the parties are, okay? Not that I'm encouraging partying at all, but I just want you to let you know that you don't have to go get $60,000 worth of debt to party. You can party anywhere at any stage in life. It does not require you to say that I'm in college to party, but go off. (laughs) Anyway, so you have people who say, you know, oh, I'm in college because I wanted to be at this college because my friends go to this college. I wanted to be in college because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And I have no idea what to do with my life now. Um, So all these various reasons why they are in college. So if I could give them one reason to change you know, like you need to change the reason why you're there so that you change the outcome that you're going to get from being there. So now I say, OK, well, let's let's talk about your purpose. Let's talk about what God called you to do. Let's talk about the degree that you're getting in the field that you're getting in and what the workforce looks like and what you need to do in order to be impactful in that workforce. Do you know that the area that you're in that you're going to have to get a master's in order to contend to get the type of lifestyle that you want out of that educational area? So when I start giving them different reasons behind um. That 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 thwarts or that trump their faulty reasons, then they're willing to change their perspective. They're willing to change their course or to adapt their thinking so that they can get a better outcome of their desired action. Sometimes it's not that we need to change our action. Sometimes we need to change our perspective. Sometimes we need to change the reason why we're doing what we're doing so that we can get a deeper, richer, greater understanding, or a deeper, richer, greater experience from the thing. Um, a, a great example for this for me personally personally, is dating and relationships. I had to change my perspective about what they were and not looking at what I can get from them, but what I can give to them. I had to start thinking about less less of, oh, well, these are the things that society says about relationships. Like No, I had to change my mind about what I wanted from my relationship and what I wanted from relationships in general, not just romantic relationships. No, 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 no. I'm talking about friendships, family ships, uh, co-workerships, networking ships, business relationships, mentorship. I had to decide out of all of my relationships, what is it that I want out of these? And I started, and then people in my life can tell you, I had to ask some super hard questions to make some decisions so that I could change my world so that I could be fulfilled in all of my relationships. Listen, change can go from every single area in your life from the my, most minute detail to the largest biggest life altering decision. I don't know what you need to change, but you should assess why that thing should change first. Now, this is now this is one of the fun things about identifying why something should change. One of the fun things about identifying why something should change is because the reason that piques you to want to change an area is a trigger. Sometimes it's an alarm to let you know that something's wrong, right? Like something's off, something's not, something's not good, so to speak. You know, perhaps going back to the analogy of smoking, perhaps if you're a smoker and you may not be a smoker, maybe you're a drinker, whatever, you know, addict thing that you have going on, perhaps something, something changes in your body. Right. Like maybe maybe you get, you know, uh, really, really sick out of nowhere and it alerts you to make a change. It alerts you to make a difference. It alerts you to say, okay, this is a problem and I'm going to have to change this so I don't get these bad health outcomes. So that could be a reason to change. It could be a reason to change because what you're doing and what you're inputting to your body or those daily habits I was telling you about, have caused you to gain the weight, have caused you to be bound and freedom, have caused you not to be able to run around with your kids or not to be able to, you know, go as hard in the gym or go as long in the gym as you wanted to. Look, y'all, I must've got on the court. Um, For those of you who don't know, I used to be a a college athlete and I used to spend hours in the gym. So you could technically say I've I've spent probably about 15 years of my life playing basketball. Loved it. Right. Anytime I get back on the court, it's always super emotional. I'm normally crying um, or starting to cry because all of these memories are flooding back. And then my skill set is kind of slowly coming back. And so it is emotional moments. Okay, so. Um, this time I got back on the court and it was the exact same thing. Uh, just, you know, a little bit, a little bit of tears, a little bit of emotion, but I finally kind of got back into a rhythm and I, and I was really, I really enjoyed myself. I played, which is a huge milestone because I hadn't played in so long, let me tell you. But one thing that changed for me in that setting was a realization that it doesn't have to be bitter. You know, because that time of my life is over. It's actually sweet and I'm happy that that time of my life happened. But one thing that I did realize that needs to change in me moving forward is I got to get my butt up. I got to move. I got to work out. I got to go. You know what I'm saying? I, I used to spend two and a half hours in the gym easily, loved it. But my lifestyle and where I am in my journey in this season of my life, I'm not able to commit that long in the gym. But I should and still and will employ at least a 30 minute segment every day in the gym because I wasn't able to go like I used to like old, old hooping Jennifer versus now. Oh my gosh, a major diff, Okay. Like I was tired. Um, (laughs) I was tired and I actually lost because I was tired. I told the person I was playing against, I was like, okay, this how we gonna do this next shot i make wins because i was literally that tired however um that's something that i realized that i needed to change in me i need to change my workout habits they're not sufficient. Um, to, to the way that they used to be, nor are they sufficient to the lifestyle and the longevity of life that I desire. So again, there may be a trigger. It may be something that you used to be able to do that you can't do anymore. It may be a comment from a loved one. Listen, we gotta trust our loved ones. They see us in ways that we don't see ourselves. They see us more objectively than what we see ourselves. So perhaps they, you know, maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's not your weight. Maybe it's not your workout routine. Maybe it's not, you know, an addiction or something that you may have. Perhaps they need you to change your attitude because you have a nasty attitude. Yeah, you, you might have a nasty attitude and maybe your spouse, your loved one, your significant other, your close friend, your, your, your daughter, your child. Maybe somebody told you like, yo, your attitude stinks and that needs to be a change. And that you need to figure out why you have a bad attitude, like get to the root of that thing. Like what, what really are you communicating through the frustration of a nasty clapback? You know, and then deeper than that, after you get done assessing that, OK, well, how are you going to re- like change your course so that you communicate clearly what you think and you feel without feeling threatened and the need to defend yourself? Those are things that need to that need to change and that you need to have conversation with yourself or your loved ones about. Because I guarantee you, if they're coming to you about something that needs to be changed, especially having to do with heart matters and something on the inside, they've observed this thing. You know, they thought about this thing and, and they're and they're coming to you because they love you and they don't want to see those negative actions negatively impacting your life. So, again, those are things that we can't bypass. Like change is good. I want to say that that's as my last point. Change is good. Change is not bad always. Now, now hear this with a grain of salt. Some change should not happen. We don't want to see people change for the worse. We don't want to see them go down life paths that, you know, lead them to to, uh being you know cracked out addicted um you know lost in prison licensed we don't want to see that so but but change is good like because even if you change for the bad guess what you can change for the good so as long as as you hear me through the lens of a positive change of growth and developing change of um the purpose of change to better yourself to better um who you are your family you know your roles in the workplace uh, to to get promotion to move forward to evolve into a greater understanding of who you are those are the changes that we want to see come from your life we don't want to see you change for the worse we don't want to see you know negative things come out of your changes but the beautiful thing is unless you're making a life altering negative permanent decision which those are the extreme values you can there's still hope Furthermore, we serve a God who is all powerful and all knowing, and nothing is impossible for him. So even if the doctors or somebody else tells you this, that some change or something that you've done is impossible, just seek and have faith in the impossible God. Because all things are possible with Him, and all things are possible to those that believe. That's what the Scripture says. So, so think about those things. Change is good. I, I'm really speaking to my older audience right now because I know that the older we get, the the more reluctant we are to change, the more settled we are in ourselves, and the more settled we are. And and to a degree, there there's a hmm, there's a degree of wisdom and 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 security that comes from that being settled. But more than that, um you still need to be evolving and changing and growing so that you're not out of touch. You don't ever want to be just a castaway in society. I was reading some statistics about how, um, and I think about five to 10 years, the largest population on the earth is going to be the elderly. But the article, the article was actually really rude. Um, so I won't quote it, but basically the article was like, what are we going to do with all these old people? The the um, critical and uh, the critical care and the nursing home and hospice places are filling up, and we're running out of nurses and we're run- it was very it was very very negative to be honest um but i didn't like it like I thought it was really rude like it it made it it position old people as not being a contributor to the side to society and actually being a burden when in fact. I know, you know, when I go into Walmart, normally there are older people who are standing working the door. And there are a lot of people who came out of retirement back to work to work in a different field or to do something different, like not all older or elderly people are decrepit and disabled and non-functioning. And so I think another way to stay sharp and to stay ahead of that curve is to keep your mind sharp, you know, continue reading, continue growing, continue learning. I think that's one of the main changes that I will forever be a proponent of is to continue learning. Um, You always and forever want to continue to, to learn and grow. And, and, and even though it hurts my heart that, you know, elderly which should be like the wise of our society are treated just as castaways because they're not young and high functioning and super busy um, it's really disheartening but again I think that for those who are older or are getting to those older places I think or if you have people in your in your life and in your family who are getting older just helping them to continue to evolve in small ways with my with my mom and my dad they are older I'm, I'm child four or five and so I often try to challenge them in little ways you know one way a week to grow to change, to try something new, to, to, to make a new memory, to learn, to read something, you know, and so and they they're really good about that. So it's not like I have to contend with the the old religious, stagnant mentalities of, oh well, this is the way we always done it, and da-da-da. So it, it's really it's really helpful if you have somebody in your life. And just a quick suggestion, puzzles. Puzzles are amazing. Puzzles and coloring. Those are two things that work different parts of the brain in elderly, um, older people that does not um, require them to do a lot as far as physical motion, but it does help keep their mind sharp. OK. OK, great. So. um Moving right along, there's one one other thing that I wanted to mention before I, I close this podcast out, and I wanted to be clear that I am speaking specifically to um, those within the body of Christ. So if you do not consider yourself a believer, if you have not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you would, and I pray that that's the Romans 10, 9, 10 principle, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is, is the uh, Son of God and he was raised from the dead, then you shall be saved because with the heart Heart, um, with the mouth, with the heart and the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So my prayer is that you will make that and that you will make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. But if you have not, there's no pressure um, for you to think that I am including you in this part of the conversation. Okay. But for those of you who have, for those of you who are walking this, this faith path, for those of you who are journeying with Jesus every day, um, you are the ones I'm talking to. Um I won't go into all of the pop news as of late, but um, it has come to my attention that the body of of at large with um, concerning rather Kanye West is really disheartening. Um, we are asking ourselves, you know, is this real? Can this be true? Is Kanye really, you know, really after God? Is Kanye an antichrist? What I don't believe Kanye. Kanye is just he's just doing it for money, he's just doing it for clout, he just wants something different. He not really say, Okay, listen, I've read enough comments, I've read enough um commentary from those who profess to be. Uh, Christians. And let me tell you something. It is not our position to decide Kanye's salvation. We are not Kanye's God. Based upon Kanye's confession, we are his brother in Christ. We are his brothers and sisters in Christ, and we need to uplift him as such. You know, we need to be behind him because more people look at the fruit of the matter right now. Look at the fruit. Okay, more people are coming to Christ, are asking questions about Jesus, are asking questions about the theology of the Lord and what He believes and why He believes what He believes than we have seen in a radically long time, and we should be rejoicing that someone from the secular world with much as much pull, as much influence, and as much weight is winning souls for the body of Christ. Okay. Let me help some of you traditional saints. The sounds that he's created on his album, those are secular like sounding sounds, but they are unto the Lord. So because God is getting glory, who are we to bash a man in his past life? So let's go there, because if you are judging somebody from what they used to do, no matter how large of a platform or how public their business is, then who is who is God to save you? If God can't save Kanye, then God, then your your personal salvation is is nullified. Your personal salvation doesn't mean anything. If the same Bible and the same God is unable to save Kanye, to transform his mind, to renew him, to win souls to Christ, then the same God is unable to save you. And I can show it to you scripturally because the Bible says that God is not the Son of Man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. And if He's begun a good work in us, He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, which also then means that He He wishes that none should perish. None. Nobody. And Kanye is included in that nobody. So if God's if God's salvation and God's grace and God's unmerited favor and mercy does not reach to extend to Kanye, then it theologically and by the promise of his word, because he cannot lie, will not and cannot reach to your sins and to your in the dark behaviors. So, I think that we need to exercise a degree of grace and stop trying to decide if Kanye is worthy of the salvation call because that's not our position anyway. Okay. I really think that we can get caught up in because we've seen a lot of his life um, displayed on the screens, displayed in his music. We see a lot, of the, a lot of his decisions and a lot of his outcomes. But again, that is not our place. Our place is to pray for those people who are coming to Christ radically excited. They're excited for the first time to go to church. I've read where some people have given their life to Christ who have never been to a church. But when Kanye started, his and he like that was the first time they ever knew of the name of Jesus Christ. Furthermore, let me go ahead and step on some toes because I was talking to my friend about it the other day. And my friend was just like, why did it take Kanye? There are plenty of people who know about Christ, who know the fundamentals of the word, who can teach and preach you for lights out day in, day out front of the book, back of the book. Why did it take Kanye and his influence to persuade the masses to come to him? So instead of us pointing the finger at Kanye and saying Kanye, 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 Yeezy, 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 how about let's focus on us? How come we have not seen a radical move of God through young people? And and why is it that we weren't able? And don't tell me it's because of celebrity status, because, yes, that does have a degree in it. But you mean to tell me that we serve the God of all salvation, the God of the whole world? And you mean to tell me he can't raise up somebody who can stay true to him, that can win the masses? Not saying that there have not been radical moves of God through young people, through other celebrities. But I am saying, look at the magnitude. Look at the impact. Look at the areas that he's that he's canvassed, you know, simply by his confession. So let's let's bring it down on a lower level because all of us aren't making millions and all of us aren't um, you know, a celebrity, right? So how many people have you brought to church in the last month? How many people in the last six months have you won for the kingdom? How many people have sat in a row or in a pew or sat beside you in church because the example in the radical Um, excitement and the joy of the salvation that's displayed on your face, or how many people hear you complain about serving? How How many people hear you complain and whine about serving in the house and then the extra work and the extra time it takes to do the other things that need to be doing need to be done for the edifying of the kingdom? How many people don't even know you go to church? How many people don't want to go to your church because you say that you go to that church? How many people have you deterred from Christ because you're on your job cussing and lying and cheating and doing everything else that everyone else does? But then you put on your Sunday suit and you and you smile for your family picture after service. Oh, OK. Oh, OK. So, again, I don't want to go toe-to-toe with anybody concerning Kanye. Of course, I will. But, I mean, a lot of people was like, well, a lot of things that he says is off, and I don't totally agree with everything that he says. Look, he's a babe in the faith. Did you talk clearly when you were a babe? Did you make a lot of sense with your babbling? And You know, some things you said we could determine when you said mama, dada, bye-bye. We know that meant bottle. But for the most part, it was a lot of gibberish you was a little off to when you were a baby. He's a babe in Christ. So, again, um, let's not point fingers. Let's not cause division and rift amongst the body of Christ. There are enough things happening right now that you could put your energy and your focus on fighting real enemies and real forces of darkness and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, as opposed to attacking him, especially when he's working with us and not against us. I don't, and then lastly, and I'm going to wrap this Kanye thing up, I don't think that we should anticipate his fall. Well, it's just a season. He, he going to go back to who he was and he's still who he is. He just like this. Da, da, da. OK, listen, nobody is sitting around rooting for you to fail. Maybe the enemy of your soul. But for the most part, you have people around you that have accepted that you have a less than perfect past and that you are doing your best every day to walk uh, to walk this walk. OK, so, again, I'm talking to my Christians. I'm not I'm not condemning sinners because you're a sinner. You're going to say that makes sense. But I'm talking to the believers who have not embraced the fact that God is getting glory. That is what's most important. His name is being made great in the earth right now. We should be rejoicing and be excited because you know the angels are around the throne rejoicing about the things that God is doing and he's he's winning souls. So let's not partner with the enemy and putting our mouth on the vessel. Let's just walk this walk with him. Let's pray for him. Let's uplift him. That's all I got to say on Kanye because again, Uh, I have not studied him in full to know exactly his theology or what he's been saying. But I do know that a lot of people have been challenging him. But more than him being challenged, I just want you all to understand that there is fruit for the kingdom. And that because there was a change, a single decision change that took place in Kanye, there is a massive onslaught of people who are giving their life to Christ and who are coming into the knowledge of Jesus. And that is a reason to celebrate, not depreciate his value or to tear him down. And that's all. That's it. That's all. So change, guys. Go ahead and assess your life and think about what needs to change and be okay with accepting that it needs to change and make the changes accordingly. Govern yourselves, guys. I love you guys. Go ahead and follow me on everything. I would love to connect with you. Leave me a rating. Um, Let me know what your favorite podcast is. Let me know if there's any content that you want to hear. Leave me a comment, a review. Um, Subscribe to me. Go to my website. Let's connect. I want to know who you are, what you do, why you do. that that you do and I can talk to you more I'd love to get in a personal because that's my vein I love you guys but until next time y'all peace love and hair grease